0: Welcome to the Launch University Podcast, turning good intentions into reality in your career, business, and life. Here's your host, Jeff Henderson. One of the things I love to see is when someone not only pursues a dream or an idea or they they work to bring an idea to life, but that they do it in a way that makes the world and the people around them better. And that's one of the reasons we're doing this podcast, by the way, David Farmer and Shane Benson and Kevin Jennings and I said, you know what, we we want to take the friends and the connections that we have and just have conversations and help you as you try to take your idea or launch your business or ministry or nonprofit to help improve the world. And we know some people that are doing that. And today's guest is no exception. And as we hear from him and as we hear from these other guests, we just want to encourage you and remind you, you're the hero. You're why we're doing this. And we just want to help you take your good idea or your good intention, turn it into reality and sustain it, all the while making the world a better place. And that's certainly what Billy Bowie and his team at Elevate has been doing with their experiences as they activate ideas for organizations. And it's really, really a powerful thing to see. And it's been a short but powerful run in these five years that they have been doing this. So you're going to hear Billy's story. You're going to hear the story of Elevate. But as you do, I would encourage you to pull out the lessons that he's going to share with you and apply them to what you're doing and listen to the culture that he's trying to build and is building. I'm not not trying, he's doing it. In fact, I got an opportunity to tour their office space and I was incredibly impressed, learned so much from it. And in fact, I'm bringing my team at Gwinnett Church over to his offices and just telling him, can you do the same thing (laughs) that you did with me for them? Because it was really, really inspiring. So you're going to hear some great lessons from Billy. And then I think the way he ends the podcast in my humble opinion, is the best end of a podcast we've had yet here at Launch University. So you're going to hear more from Billy. You're going to hear more about the Elevate team. But I think this is going to be a, a, a podcast interview that inspires you, that helps you, and will turn your idea into reality and sustain it. So can't wait for you to hear from my friend, Billy Booth. Well, I just had the most amazing tour of Elevate. So, Billy, first of all, thanks for letting me barge in. Thanks Absolutely. for lunch, too. Come on.
1: I like it. And Glad I've got all these
0: gifts, and I've got candy behind me, and uh, it's really an amazing story. And so, before I kind of unpack some lessons that you've learned of launching, tell us a little bit about your story. How'd you get here? Because we talk about here at Launch University, we want to help people take their good idea or good intention, turn it into reality, and sustain it. I knew you when you had this idea, and as I look around, you've got walls and people running around. That's exactly what you've done, and you're really thriving and sustaining. So, for folks that may not be familiar with Elevate, tell us what you did.
1: Yeah, so the word Elevate means to lift. It's to go from destination A to destination B and believing that you have the ability to get to that spot. And so, I've always been curious. My favorite book as a kid was Curious George. Uh, I love The Man in the Yellow Hat, and Curious George would go around always trying to discover. What the next thing was. Um, sometimes getting into mischief, but often at the end, there would be a good idea that would come out of the mischief. And so I've always looked at myself as a little bit of a misfit, um, an underdog. My favorite movies um, now to this day number one is Goodwill Hunting, right behind that is Braveheart, right behind that is Eight Mile. Um, so I like to lose myself in the music, the moment you own it, you better never let it go. So I believe the line of that movie is you got to lose yourself in the music, the moment. And so I've always looked at my life as a series of moments and how can i continue to get better and so um... born and raised in atlanta georgia um, ATL. That's where I dwell. I grew up on uh, listening to OutKast, eating varsity, cheering on the Braves and the Falcons. Which is a um, tough life, by the yeah, way. Yeah, <laughs> it is a tough life, man. I uh, just have my fantasy football team, and I have Tom Brady as my quarterback. I'm sorry. Uh, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm betrayal. sorry. Betrayal. <laughs> no, but I'm a, a huge Falcons fan. Um, I say my ambition is to buy the Atlanta Hawks. That's one thing that's on my, my life goal, is I would love um, to be able to bring a championship to Atlanta through a sport um, that's not necessarily Seen as the big sport in Atlanta, but that's awesome. So, I grew up um, in Atlanta, high school in Gwinnett County, finished up college, got a chance to play college baseball and professional baseball. So, I've always loved teams. I've always loved um, ideas. I love music, and so Elevate's just a an expression of the point A where you are. You can always go to point B if you're just intentional, and so that's that's who we are, and and what we do is that fleshes itself out through this concept of activating ideas. And so people, people come to us with an idea, whether it be a product launch or a national sales meeting, or I want to tell this story, I want to have this leadership training. I want my people to go from point A to point B. So we ask questions about what is that destination? Where are you going? And then we put them through our process of really designing something unique and then produce a great experience for them. And I, I use this analogy of um, the difference, the contrast of an event and an experience for us. An event is something you attend. An experience is something you undergo. And it's important for us at Elevate is we're creating experiences, not just events. So we create those experiences for folks, and we have a lot of fun while we do it.
0: And I've seen your events and, and experiences, and they're absolutely phenomenal. And you've got one going on tonight. So tell us, give us an example of what Elevate does by creating these
1: experiences. Yeah, absolutely. So um, as of this year, we have had 292 different experiences we've created from anything that this last Sunday we were at Auburn University and had a thousand college freshmen doing a kickoff for a leadership program there called Emerge, which is a brand new leadership program. I'm really excited to help them launch that, which is fun. Um, tonight we have four Chick-fil-A grand openings that are opening today. So we partner with operators and help them with the story they're creating in that community. So. So they're new team members that may or may not have heard of Chick-fil-A before. We do a fun dinner for them. It's a team dinner, a dedication dinner, and then the next day we help them with an event called The First 100 where they either do a campout or a road trip or a scavenger hunt to get new customers excited, not just about Chick-fil-A, but the fact that Chick-fil-A is partnering with the community to make a better impact. So um, tonight is actually a really unique night is Truett Cathy, the founder of Chick-fil-A who I'm a huge fan of and I know that, that you know as well. They're launching the Truett's Chick-fil-A down on the south side of Atlanta, which 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 is a brand new restaurant in honor of Truitt. So it's gonna be a, a big grand opening launch. And we don't come in and take over the show. You know, one of our one of our core strategies of what we're about is who is the hero. Drawing from Donald Miller's wisdom on the idea, the concept of hero is the hero is not elevate. We don't wear an elevate logo. We wear the jersey of the people that we're serving to make their brand better. So a brand experience for us is not making us look good. It's how good can we make their brand look. Right. So
0: Now, let's go back to the Auburn example, because I think that's a good example. It, not that I cheer for Auburn, but so <laughs> yeah, you, you, you said something that and you kind of passed by. We had this freshman event, Auburn University. Okay, I wanted to hit pause and say, how did that even happen? Because, again, this is an idea that you had to create Elevate. How did Auburn University get to know you? How did, so, I mean, there's a lot, because for, for launchers that are listening, they were, they've got ideas. I would love to do this or do that, but you made it happen. So how did, in that particular case, Auburn University even know who you were?
1: Yeah, so the gap between where you are and where you hoped you would be, you have to fill that gap with intentionality and gratitude. So, that's kind of a that's quote good. that I've been thinking about, meditating on, just put into practice in business. And this is going to sound cliche, like you're supposed to hear someone say this, but it really begins and ends by the people you know and the way you treat them. I love the quote that says, People don't care how much you know till they know how much you care. Right. It began with that kind of conversation. And there were some key leaders that were down at Auburn that said, We've got this leadership program, we want freshmen to go through it, we're going to have a speaker series. We want to have the freshmen just get excited about Auburn. We want that to – Auburn to equal leadership is what they might say. Um, and who was the person that came to mind? They wanted to bring Elevate in, not to come in and say, look how great we are, but they had their idea. It was through a couple key relationships of people that I knew. that said, hey, can you come down and help us? Not with this event. That's what I love is they, they had – we got this idea. We want to ignite the hearts of the freshmen at Auburn to really believe that they can lead and not follow. And how can we do that? And so, you know, when it came down to the practicality, we did the run of show, the stage, the lights, the speakers on and off, the videos we play, the graphics, all those commodity things that happen at the event. But you don't begin with those. I think what's unique about Elevate is we begin with the essence of, and this is a classic question I ask, is that every person gets in their car and cranks up the engine and drives away, what do you want them to be thinking and what do you want them to be feeling as they drive away? That's so good. If you can begin with that, I think you can get to a good solution of what the experience should be. So Auburn just, it came from relationships. We're super grateful. Was this the first year? First year, okay. inaugural year of that of that program. So how did, what's your follow-up?
0: Like, how do you follow up with a new customer like that? If mm-hmm. you
1: our follow-up with a customer is we've got a very distinct process. We use an online system called Infusionsoft, which is a CRM software. It's fantastic. Um, that really helps us reminders on what would a good client journey, a good client experience look like. And so our follow-up with them is um, we schedule a week, two weeks after the event, chance for them to process. We have a a post-event survey that asks questions, scale of one through five type stuff. But then we just begin to ask questions that hopefully will lead to future sales. I think that's one thing that as I meet launchers and people that do their thing, whatever that is, you get to the finish line, you fall over the finish line, and then you're out looking for another client. For me, I think something we've done really well is... We view the actual thing you do, whatever that service is, it's just a part of the process. Is we're just as intense with talking to people, following up with people, having a conversation as we are a week after the event as we were a week before the event. So that's something that I've learned over time is that one really, really good experience can lead to thousands. Versus when you're launching something, just saying, "Oh, I got to make this long list and I got to go for it." No, find three people that believe in what you're doing and dive in and put all your chips on the table on that. So our follow-up will be. Um that process and you know, it might be a once a year opportunity. It might just be a one-time thing, but we still treat it as if it could be an ongoing experience, obviously revenue stream and, and opportunity.
0: That's great. And and I've heard for launchers, it's it's better to have ten people that are really interested than a thousand that might be slightly somewhat mm-hmm. interested. Better to have ten really good emails than a thousand. That's right. So one of the questions we get, Billy, from launchers, and not to dive into details, but how do how do I know what to price my product or service or experience. So were there general guidelines that you use to be able to develop a, a, a you know, what, what you would charge your customers?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I get this question a lot is, who are some other businesses that are in your same market? How do you how do you uh, benchmark your services? Uh, and I think it's very wise to ask that question. And I don't want to be so presumptuous to say, we're like no one else. We do our very own thing. That's It's unique in some ways, but we really try to look at Um, I'm more paying attention to what Justin Timberlake is doing than I am what a production company down the street is doing. I'm more paying attention to the way Taylor Swift erases all of her social media and then launches her new album. Um, I'm more paying attention to that in the marketplace, too, is I think the marketplace gets to decide what pricing is versus you do, a.k.a when you're launching something, you don't know what it's worth. There's a difference in price and value. Two totally different conversations. I think launchers that I meet that try to reverse engineer back into what they should charge for something is based on if I'm making widget A, I mark it up 20% or whatever your markup is, and that's what I charge. For us, it's what's the value that that's going to bring to the client? What is the market bear that you're doing? And that's how you price it. So frankly, now we're getting into virtual reality. So we have four virtual reality kits that we can take out places that for us, we know it costs a whole lot to do, but we're taking it out at pennies on the dollar now to test just because we want to be able to create. What is the real price for this? Yes, but what is the real value that this can bring? So uh, I know that's probably a vague answer, but if I was a launcher and I was listening, I would throttle back, take your journal or whatever you take notes on and think about the value of your product or service versus just the price. Because your value allows the market to look and say, they price themselves as this painting is worth 100 bucks because that's what it cost. versus this painting is $5,000. It, it's $5,000 because the market says it's that good. Talent wins. I'm a huge Gary Vaynerchuk fan. I believe in talent. If you have talent, you're good at what you do, and the market says that they want it, you can charge whatever you wanna charge. Um, we enter the marketplace with, let's say we do an event for $5,000. We'll enter in with a conversation. If we need to discount that for a client, because we feel like it's a good relationship, we'll still show that it's worth this, but we'll provide a discount to, to make it happen. So we don't dumb down our pricing um, on an invoice. We show the full value and then we, we discount it to what they need it to be. So I have a hard time saying no. I'm sure most launchers out there, you want to say yes to everything, and every cause is a great cause. But I think for us, learning when to selectively say no and when to give a discount, but not mark your price down. So that's very does that helpful. make sense? Very helpful. Yeah. So you guys have been up and running since 2012. 2012, yep.
0: So it's 2017 when we're recording this. So what are lessons that you now know that you wish you would have known when you started?
1: Woo, Jeff, that's a big question, my friend. Uh, is this is going to be a nine part podcast, <laughs> it <will> be, yeah. <laughs> just kidding. I'll, I'll, I'll give a couple of them. Um, the biggest one that I'm learning is you don't have to hire everybody full time immediately. And what I mean by that is one of our best hires we made was an outsourced accountant financial controller. That was the, the top thing that I wish I would have done the first couple of years. It took me three years to do that. I'm doing the invoicing. I'm sending out the checks. That that does not need to be done. So really ask yourself, I I know you see the dollars that leave your checking account to pay for a service, but ask yourself the time that you gain back. I think that's one of the things that I didn't learn until three years in was, what does that time that I would have been spending gaining back on the creativity or the art or the science that I was working on, that was a big one for me is outsource earlier. Yes, that's you that's listening that thinks that, no, not me, yes, you, because I was the one that said, not me, and I wish I would have done it earlier. And then a second one, I'm working on a book right now with the title Flip, Turning the Modern Business on its Head. The idea, um, it's been shared in a couple circles, but I think more people need to hear it, is that instead of making the customer always right and king is putting your team at the center of the bullseye and we talk about that a lot is how does it impact our team because if we have a team that loves their job and they're passionate and they're really good they're going to take care of the customer they're going to take care of the client so i would say those are the biggest two lessons is outsource earlier and then really ask yourself how am i taking care of my people and even if the client needs to quote unquote lose sometimes or say no to something for the benefit of your team that always works
0: Now, tell us a little bit about your culture, because I absolutely love this. I actually experienced your culture. Mm -hmm. I got a tour of your offices and with your team. And so when it was just you, you know, but I feel like I know you you already had this in mind. I felt like you were thinking, when I have a team, I'm going to have this kind of culture. So tell us a little bit about what's distinctive about your
1: culture here. Dr. Martin Luther King said, I have a dream. Dream. There's a reason he didn't start out with a, "I have a plan speech, right? You probably have heard that quoted before. It wouldn't have stirred the hearts of people. And so uh, dreams stir the hearts of people. Um, intention towards their well-being stirs creativity. And so um, for us and for our culture, you've heard this quote, Drucker, culture eats strategy for breakfast. I love that idea. I think to get even boiled down that much more is culture is just a group of people that feel cared for that you're authentic with, and then you put them in a lane where they can really run. And I tell my team this, is if you make a mistake and you lose several thousand dollars, I'm going to smile and say, that's awesome. What did we learn from that? Um, I think as you're as you're launching something, be fully aware that the more your team is trusted and the more that you can put on their plate and expect more and to call them up and to call them out on what they can become um, – the better they're going to be, or they're going to filter themselves out. So um, I love culture. I'm a student of it in different ways. We both know some great organizations that that we model things from. And so for us, when we have culture events, um, we've got a retreat coming up here in a couple weeks. And I distinctly use the word retreat. I think it's important at times to retreat back, to gather your team and huddle, remind each other of what the vision is, I love what Andy Stanley says is that vision leaks. I know you being a fantastic leader of your organization is that just reminding people is what I think C.S. Lewis talked about reminding people more than teaching. Just remind them what the vision is you know, when this is being recorded right now, Houston, Texas has 50 inches of water um, just completely flooding everything that's going on there. We have one of our team members here whose family's in Houston and they're paddling out of their house. So we throttled back and said, what are some resources we have? What is a program, something we're doing that's gonna benefit a team member here that could help there? And I think that's way more important than paying more, giving a financial motivation. It's throttling back in those key moments and being emotionally intelligent enough and aware that you don't have it figured out. I think my team would say, Yeah, Billy will say often, I don't have this figured out, but we're gonna we're gonna find out. So a culture a culture of creativity, a culture of launching, a culture of trust is not just lip service here. I mean, it really, is, it really is something we do. And I would say a plug, if you're listening to this and uh, you want to come for an office tour, Jeff, uh, you just mentioned you did, we would love to have anybody come by for a tour because we do have an official Elevate Home Office tour where you'll get a, uh, a lanyard with your name on it, you'll get a confetti cannon shot over you, and you'll take home a packet of Big League Chew, and we'll tell you what all that stuff means when you get here. Which I can testify is actually
0: have I actually have the lanyard, uh, still have confetti on me, <laughs> <laughs> I've got the Big League Chew here. I, not to ruin the surprise, but the, from the very moment I walked in, you guys did something. So you had about five of your staff, and we went around and we answered a question. Mm-hmm. And it was a question, tell yeah. us something that no one knows about you. Yeah. And it was fun for me because, obviously, they didn't know me, but as they're going around sharing something, they're also learning something new about each other. 100%. You, you started in Annie. You were, you were Annie mm-hmm. in the high school play. Mm-hmm. So mm-hmm. tell us about that, why you do that.
1: Yeah, so I think... All of us, and you mentioned this when we were talking a little earlier, Jeff, is that um, most of the best ideas you have are not going to be when you're head down in a cubicle at your desk doing something. It's going to be when you pull your head up for a minute. And as Tony Robbins would say, your emotion affects your emotion. I heard him recently, and that just blew me away. It was so true, is that uh, your state of mind starts by your state of being and how you're actually moving your body. And so we physically say when someone visits the office, 100% of the people come out of your office, shake hands, give a high five, give a hug if it's appropriate, and just greet. It's funny, the authentic hello and just knowing someone's name, how much that really, really means. Absolutely. Like just knowing that Jeff Henderson was coming, there's an email that goes out, there's a lanyard that has your name already written on it, We have right behind you a shelf that automatically goes up that has your name inside of it. And so down to the detail of those things without what happened first would be cool, but the most impactful thing you're asking me about is the people. And I would say that um, we had two people come by our office recently, um, Matt Kitchell, who's over at uh, at Campfire. He's awesome. And then we had a guy named Brett Lane both come to our office. And both of them said, back-to-back days, I felt like a celebrity. like. (laughs) You guys bum rush me at the front door, and, and we want people to feel that way. And something you picked up on, Jeff, which is unique, is that each time we do that, we'll ask a different question. My favorite one is, what is your favorite boy band? We ask that one at random times to <laughs> get fun answers. Or what was your favorite toy growing up? Or what's your favorite movie when you're feeling down? We'll learn something about each other, and it's amazing where that comes up in conversation later. Or a gift we might give on a birthday will have something to do with something we heard. So I think just that constant uh, movement, changing your, your body posture, your motion – That helps, but then also just the conversation that's created at the front is a big deal. And this is one of those important but not urgent things, but it's so important. And so for launchers who,
0: you know, I'm paying the bills or I'm doing this, Culture can seem... When we get to a staff of
1: 50, I'll, I'll yeah. worry about culture. It seems fruity or like right. not the most important thing. It seems like a, a throwaway or, like you said, when I have to get to 50 people. And gosh, I would just say that is that is business. Yeah. And where we're going that much more... Um, I just bought my first robot this week. So I just bought a Hexa, which is a thing that... Um, it's pretty scary, actually. It's, it looks like a spider. <laughs> and it, you, you tell it to do something, and it'll, it'll stand up and walk towards you. Robots are going to be a part of our culture soon. Augmented reality and robotics, that's all happening. But what's never going to change are authentic connections with people. That's it. We're talking through really fancy microphones right now, and we've got some really, really cool apparatus at this office. But what makes the most difference, whether you're on an organization with one person and you're just getting started on what do I do? I would say the most important thing you do, whether you're an introvert or extrovert, by the way, I hear that a lot, I'm sure you do too, is I'm an introvert. I want to be in my office. Yes. I respect that. But I also know that you have the ability to connect whatever your wiring is, whatever your background is, is people want to see that you're a real person. Like I mentioned to you during the tour is our best sales process is having somebody come to our office, take a tour. And by the time we sit back down at the table, it's why are we not working with you on everything that we do? And it has zero to do with our sales. It has everything to do with the relationships. Well, it's very
0: similar to when I coach communicators. I tell them that we don't listen to people we don't like. Hmm. And I don't think, ultimately, long term, we don't do business with people we don't like. So, in your tour, I mean, obviously, I'm already a big fan of yours to begin with, but I like this team even more. It just, I like these people. We can, let's do business. And so, that's just so huge. And many times, the biggest obstacle for launchers isn't the idea, it's themselves. Hmm. So what you guys – this is a very emotionally healthy – you can sense it. You guys are very emotionally healthy. doesn't mean there aren't any issues because as wonderful as the people are that you and I work with, no one's oh, yeah. perfect. Neither are you. And so perfection's mm-hmm. not the goal. But you guys have really created an emotionally healthy um, environment here,
1: and it just flows to the experiences you're creating. And so I heard a talk from Gary Vee from Hong Kong a couple of weeks ago, and he said the way you have speed in an organization – is lack of politics and continuity. Those are the two things. And I was like, that's it. It's a lack of politics. How do you get that? How do you get back into what are lack of politics? It's listening and being an open ear to when somebody has a struggle that you know you could solve like that, but it might take you a 20-minute conversation. Um, I would say for, for me, what I've continued to learn, and you, you hit on the idea of emotional intelligence, is we've taken that assessment as a team, and we'll have open conversations about what are our 12 different ways we can grow in emotional intelligence. Um, for me, is there's a song from Kid Stuff I used to sing called Count to Ten, is learning how when to count to ten, when to throttle back. That's going to be my most wise way for me to just kind of get some bearings and say, all right, I don't have it all figured out. Let me throttle back. Let me think, as opposed to just jumping right in. So if I was a launcher, I would actually take that assessment pretty quickly because that's just not with team. That's how your clients perceive you, perceive you as well. And I love what you said about they have to like you. You hang out with people that you like. You do business with people that you like. And not say you're going to like everybody, but if they see an authenticity and they see that you're really for them and they see that you want to make an impact, your service doesn't matter if your relationships aren't any good. The other thing I've observed about uh, being here today is that you guys really believe in assessments
0: and it's on the wall of the offices of everyone, kind of what their strengths. Colby,
1: and you're certified in Colby, so that's just something you really believe in. And I think it's definitely helping your culture. Mm, It's um, it's funny in my twenties, if you would have given me an assessment, I would have just stiff armed you and said, (laughs) get out of my face. Don't put me in a box. Who do you think you are? But now that I've Grown, I've gotten a little bit older, and now what I challenge really the next generation is: you can't really make an impact on others until you know who you are. There's a song by Justin Bieber that says "Love Yourself." I'm not going to sing it for you now. You go <laughs> listen to it later. But it's it's so true. Is if if I can know that I'm an ENTP, strategic woo, or my top two strengths, and that I'm an ENTP, I'm a four two nine four on Colby. I can get to know the minutia of how I was put together. And then I can run that through the grid of emotional intelligence and just see how I love the question of what's it like being on the other side of me. I feel like if we could really get in the client's seat and really think from their perspective and say, what's it like being on the other side of Billy? Is there an arrogance there? Is there a humility there? Is there a forthrightness there? And all that comes through, um, I love, you mentioned I'm certified in Colby. I love what Kathy Colby, the originator of that assessment, she said, an interpretation should lead to a better conversation. An interpretation is once you know your are wiring, it, it, it's not gonna fix anything, it's just gonna lead to a better conversation about how you lead and how others perceive you and how you get things done. So I would say that is hands down, no doubt, the most important thing is just getting to know me and, I don't know, Jeff, I know you think I'm perfect, but I've got a lot of flaws. And not, you don't think I'm perfect. I know you don't. But uh, there's a lot of things that I just don't do well. And instead of trying to place half bets on those, I've just said, I'm going to put full bets on what I'm best at.
0: Mm-hmm. Well, and our, I love that, Billy. In our final few minutes together, tell us what you are thinking about in terms of the future. By the way, you, meant, you mentioned robots. I feel like Terminator 2 is actually going to it's happen. It's going to happen. I'm <laughs> telling really you. <laughs> we well, better figure fiction. it out now. It's really a documentary. <laughs> um, so, but, you know, you've... From 2012 to 2017, so amazing, you know, journey. The next five years, what are you doing now to make sure that the business doesn't outgrow you?
1: Yeah, so I am addicted to change and trying to see past what the market is currently asking for. And so I go through airports and walk in different mall locations and stores and I begin to look and see what people are buying. You know, I read Entrepreneur Magazine. I'm watching all different kinds of channels. And I'm trying to figure out what what is the next thing. Because who knows? Five years from now, there's no such thing as an event. Everybody puts on virtual reality goggles and you experience it. I mean, Zuckerberg's already working on this in a lot of different ways. So I'm trying to ask myself and I'm trying to position ourselves in the market to where we don't want to have a 2020 um, event with a 1982 solution. So um, for me, this is a quote um, that I heard somewhere else. So it's not me originating it, but I'm a big time believing in it. Is that the TV did to the radio, what v- virtual reality is going to do to the internet? And so the internet, 1993, everybody thought it was a fad. The internet, you got an AOL email address or Hotmail or whatever it was, and now how do we live without the internet? Just email and the fact that we're able to look at websites and promote things different ways. Virtual reality now is, we're still way far away from consumer VR, but I think that's gonna be a potential platform shift. We're a long way off, and uh, I'm not gonna predict that we're um, moving directly to it, but I'm very interested in it, which is why we have four systems that we use all the time. And um, But it might be a year from now where the media might shift. So I'm trying to get ahead of what the conversation is becoming and then be in the first one to the dance and then figure out how does this flush itself out? Um, but at the same time, Jeff, you've already hit on it as the the timeless truth is people buy stuff from people. Um, I don't think we're going to have robots that are going to be writing checks. I'm, I might be wrong, but it's mostly going to be people that are going to either be wiring through Venmo or direct depositing in your account. So you got to make sure that what they're direct depositing is meeting a need that they have in the marketplace. And I think we're in a pivotal shift of those mediums might be shifting
0: and as our mutual friend Tim Elmore says it's timely versus timeless that's right they're they're, they're both hand in hand shout out to Timmy love that guy yeah he's not too far from here he is he's right down the road absolutely you guys are taking over Norcross (laughs) well before we let you go I would love for the folks to know how they can uh, follow you and continue to just you know, be, be aware of what you're doing personally and then what Elevate is
1: doing. Yeah, for sure. So we've got something really interesting um, called 30 in 30. You can sign up at any given time to have 30 days of leadership concepts sent directly to your email. And uh, that's the, the top way that would, if you're listening to this, if you're a launcher, it gives you every other day something you can grow as a leader and something you can help others grow. So every other day for 30 days. How do I gives access you, that? So <laughs> it's right there on our website. If you go to elevateliveevents.com, um, 30 in 30. 30 is something that you can check out there and you can start the process at any time. Um, we're actually launching that September 1st. You know, so whenever you listen to this, That's it'll great. be an ongoing process. That's one, and then you know, we're we're really passionate about Instagram. That's the one that we, we just put a lot of our chips there. Facebook, Twitter, you know, kind of the typical channels. But go to at elevate team and follow those. Um, my oxygen is ideas. I love ideas, but close behind that is we just love to listen to what people are talking about. So if you follow us and you see a post, click that little like button. That's cool. We love it. Those likes make us feel good and, and, and friendly and all that. But just put a comment there. Hey, have you thought about this? Or hey, come by our office. Come hang with us. We, we would love um, to hear more about what you're doing as well. Because And that's not just me saying, oh, we're supposed to say that at the end of a podcast. It's, <laughs> it's not that. It's really, we, we really, hey, if you got an insight or you're like, hey, I took a look at your website, something you guys are working on, what if you did this? You wanna get me fired up? Come in with a what if statement. We'll have a three hour conversation about what if might be. So at Elevate Team on all social media stuff. If you wanna follow me at BillyBooey or BillyBooey.com, as I mentioned, books coming out and um, when is about with that. So, process of writing now, trying to decide on publisher. We're, we're in the early stages, so I don't know, but I realize when I say it's coming out, it kind of has to happen. I love so, it. I love so, that's it. speaking that's, into that's existence. That's right, speaking into existence.
0: So, but, and also, uh, I really want to encourage you to come, I hope this is okay, to come for a tour here. So,
1: you'd mentioned that, but how do they sign up for that? Yeah, so if you would write an email to hello. At ElevateLiveEvents.com, um, that goes directly to our business development team and then our marketing team as well, and they'll set you up. Um, and trust me, when you come, there is no sideways sales pitch. There's no cost. It's just come, take a tour. We love people just to come and hang out. And hey, cool. If it, we work, we work together. Great. Or if it was just to be an encouragement to you, that's great as well. And so we would love, you know, one of our goals at Elevate is to have 40 guests per month that join us at the office. That's one of our metrics, kind of our leading indicators when it comes to that is like how many people from the outside of our office actually join us and just come take a tour and and hang out. So Wow.
0: Well, Billy, man, I'm such a huge fan, and uh, I've known you before
1: you were – doing this. So congrats. It's just so
0: fun and exciting and inspiring to see what you're
1: doing. Yeah, I love it. Well, if I can leave the launchers out there with a final thought, don't be afraid to dream. One of my favorite ideas is I love when people lock the doors and then tell me I can't get in. I live my life that way. And if you're listening, do that. Go for it. Challenge yourself. Lock your own door of your house and have to break in your own house. Well, maybe not do that. But find a way where you can lock the doors. And how do I get in? Because you can. And if you're listening and you're just getting started, um, believe in talent, believe in people and go for it. Because for me, I draw my inspiration in the fact that every day I get to get up and chase after something I'm passionate about. And you mix passion with talent and you got a little market insight. I would say just go for it. So, tell me your story. If you're out there and uh, you're launching something, if if I can help you at all, man, I, I would love to uh, love to be a part. So, thank you, Jeff. Come on, high five. Boom. That's what I'm talking about.
0: Thanks for listening to the Launch University podcast. We hope it's helped you move from go getter to difference maker. Be sure to subscribe on iTunes and leave a review. For more helpful resources, visit launchuniversity.com.